0: Happy Pride, everyone. Woo! Happy Pride. Be gay, do piracy. <laughs> uh, you're about to listen to our one of our Pride specials where Lark and I talk about the Birds of Prey movie versus, kind of versus, the first Wonder Woman movie. Real, I mean, the Birds of que- Prey movie is really the queer superhero slash anti-hero movie that you all need in your life. Um, and since not a lot of people are seem to be caping for it, we are here to do it for you um, mm-hmm. over a long period of time about how great <laughs> this movie is.
1: Yeah, even if you haven't watched the movie, which like you should, but even if you haven't, you're going to love this conversation. It's really giggly. It's really fun. If you are one of the many, we've learned many people who in the years since Wonder Woman came out have found yourself going did I actually like that movie? Um, this is definitely a, mo- a podcast episode for you because turns out you probably didn't. It's controversial, but, you know, we don't mind being controversial. And it's just super... We had such a fun time
2: talking I know.
0: It this. was just... It was really great. I mean, and the Birds of Prey movie is just so much fun. Definitely, I think, uh, a good movie to break out for pride.
1: Yes. Also... If you really love listening to this, I just want to let you know that the episode is half an hour longer on Patreon than it is in this feed right now. Some of it is digressions to off-topic things, including Our Flag Means Death more than once. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Which, had you even seen it before I started talking about it on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I I hadn't finished it yet, but I was, like, at episode five. But also, like, a really fun longer conversation about like representations of masculinity in this movie so yeah you could check it out on Patreon if you want to and yeah I don't know happy summer vacation we'll be back in two weeks with well I'll be back in two weeks with your advice episode Jesse's about to have surgery so it will be me and friend of the pod Theo giving you advice but you know still gonna be great so stay tuned i will
0: i will be there in in spirit (laughs) yes anyway yeah uh enjoy everyone
1: Hello, and welcome to Hashtag Ruthless Productions, a podcast where we're willing to risk being canceled because someone needs to talk about this. <laughs> I'm Mark Malachi Gray.
2: <laughs> Jesse Plout.
1: <laughs> and today, uh, at my insistence, we are talking about my new favorite movie, Birds of Prey, or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And also we're talking about 2017's Wonder Woman. Because one of these is a feminist movie and one is not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You'll never
2: guess which one!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so we don't have a structure. We don't have a script. I have a a small list. Um, I would actually love to start, because you just watched this movie for the first time today, I would just love to start by hearing, like, what was your experience of watching this movie, like, emotionally?
0: Okay, so I went through a lot of emotions, but I think I want to start off a little bit about my relationship with Batman and the associated characters in the Batman universe. Okay. Because, so, like a true 90s child, my, besides the like really weird Tim Burton Batman movies, which I was definitely too young to see. Um, the Batman of my childhood was Batman, the animated series, or Mm -hmm. what I consider to be the definitive Batman media. Okay. Like, hands down, better than the show overall, better than almost all of the movies that involve Batman and his gallery of rogues, as any Batman villain is, is known as. Until this movie, this movie is, I would say, a... Very excellent spiritual successor of Batman the Animated Series, and just like a very good superhero movie in general. And I mean, probably the best thing that DC has done (laughs) in their attempting to have a you know cinematic universe similar to what Marvel has right now, but failing I think miserably. And why I even bring up Batman the Animated Series, besides my deep love for it, is that that is unlike, I think, every other character in this movie, like Black Mask and the Black Canary and the Huntress, like those are canonically older Batman characters from like the comic books, like the 80s or like the 40s, I think is when Black Mask goes back to. And of course, like the Joker, 40s Batman villain. Harley Quinn was invented by the creators of Batman the Animated Series. She did not exist until the 90s. Okay. And so anything about Harley Quinn is like relatively new compared to like any of the other stuff in Batman canon. And so I feel like I always had a really big love of Harley Quinn, I think just because I sort of love a I don't know. I love a crazy lady villain. Just 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 to be real very realistic cuz it's like you're having the most fun and it's like you're very unpredictable and I'm kind of like this is great Mm -hmm. and especially in Batman the Animated Series as the show went on and like as they like had other Batman animated shows I think the writers became aware that like Harley was in an abusive relationship with the Joker and were like actually it's not great that you keep going back to him because he fucking sucks Mm -hmm. um and there is a couple of even like cartoons in the animated series where she, like, pieces out. She's like, you know what? I'm going to live with my best friend slash girlfriend, you know, Poison Ivy. I don't fucking need the Joker. What What the fuck ever. And, like, in the show, she does end up going back to him. Whatever. And so I wonder, because I think one of the things we're going to discuss is why the fuck isn't this a bigger movie than it is? And I think, I feel there's probably a lot of feminists who, like, don't think of Harley Quinn as a feminist icon just because of so much of her the body of work around her is about her being in this abusive relationship with the Joker mm-hmm. um, versus like say Wonder Woman, who we talking about who has been around since, Oh Jesus, I, I should look this up like decades, yeah. you know, with a variety of different kinds of, you know, Canon behavior just because of all different writers that Wonder Woman has had. So I feel like in the way that sort of like people think about specifically like, white third wave feminism wonder Woman being objectively quote unquote a more feminist icon than harley quinn Mm -hmm. which i think is incorrect because having lady villains is really fun as this movie (laughs) highlights incredibly well
1: yeah also like i think it's really hard to argue that harley is just a villain in this movie and i love a morally gray character I, I, after watching this, I watched Suicide Squad, which I think is trash. Wait, the 2016
0: one or the 2021 one? The 2016 one. Yeah, because there's two of them. Yeah, apparently it's not good. And Jared Leto as the Joker was like being just real terrible to a lot of the ladies on set because he's quote unquote being in character. And it's like, I don't know, because I feel like when I was a kid, the Joker was just like, you're just this very unhinged dude and i feel like now Joker just feels like every unnecessarily angry white dude on the internet totally (laughs) in a way that's like is i think a very good evolution of his making his character a villain for the whatever the fuck decade this is the the 20s the sad 20s that we're having yeah and like also so funny just because of that is also so many like white fanboys of batman not realizing that or you're kind yeah. of like mm, red flag.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, the Joker's not like very heavily in Suicide Squad, but you know, the Suicide Squad in that movie are supposed to be heroes, but they're heroes that are being controlled by the cops and whatever, whatever. And that's sort of where this Harley has has been mm-hmm. before this movie. And I would say she's probably like the only interesting part of Suicide Squad, but. This is just, she doesn't have a bomb in her neck that's forcing her to act, you know, she's making her own decisions, and I think she's still making heroic decisions. I would have a really hard time being like, yes, she's a villain in this movie. I think she's on some hero shit.
0: I think I think what I particularly love about Harley in this movie is this, like, what a, like, dirtbag millennial vibe that she has. Mm -hmm. Where I'm just kind of like, you know, if I wasn't married, I would probably be living a life sort of kind of like Harley Quinn. Which is stealing my groceries and doing just like whatever random ass shit that I feel like it and probably having a semi illegal wild animal living in my house. <laughs> Avoiding paying my taxes.
1: Yeah. She's super right about that. I know.
0: I'm like, that part is actually just feels really relatable. It's like, oh, wow, you're overeducated and like you got out this terrible relationship and now you're living in a dive over a like greasy spoon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it oh. feels so relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just so wonderful. Um, do you recall your first time seeing Wonder Woman?
0: Yeah, I saw it in theaters.
1: Okay. What was your experience with that?
0: I feel like okay, so as popular as Wonder Woman is, not necessarily a character that like I'm super familiar with. Like I didn't like watch any of the like old television shows. I didn't read any of the comics. I am aware of Wonder Woman because I am a nerd who is online like I mean Wonder Woman and like Batman are probably two of DC's most famous recognizable characters. Right. And so what I also feel like I went in being like, oh, what a woman movie. This is going to be great. So I feel like I had much higher expectations. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching the movie and I'm just like, this, this is what we're getting. This, there's a whole lot of Chris Pines. I'm just like, uh, mm, uh. and it's like, especially it's, it's kind of like <laughs> what's especially frustrating is like the first 20 minutes when she's on, I don't know what the Island is called. I'm just going to call it the Island of Lesbos because it's just full of ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, In a nebulously Greek area (laughs) where I'm just like, if the movie was just two and a half hours of her on this island having conflict with, like, her mom and her aunt or whatever and, like, being a badass, I would have no complaints. But the Mm -hmm. minute they, like, she leaves Lesbos with, like, Chris Pines and does it, like, immediately top him, I'm kind of like, what what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And so, and then after that, I'm just kind of like, this is... I don't know. I think I just I kept expecting it to be good and then it wasn't good and then the fact they had fucking like dude who plays uh Professor Lupin playing the bad guy. I'm like I can't anymore. <laughs> I can't I can't fucking take this movie seriously. Like really you guys? This is the casting that you guys did? I'm not I'm not buying this. I'm just I can't. I can't. I'm like already removed from the movie.
1: <laughs> mhm. Yeah. So Wonder Woman was so hyped on like feminist internet you know like everyone that I knew was talking about it it was like I mean I feel like every other article on autostraddle around the time that it came out was about Wonder Woman in some way like so many of the people in my life were just like obsessed with Wonder Woman I was like fucking fine like I'm gonna go see it in the theater which I almost never do like a, a normal you know modern movie theater there is a 100% chance that I will get a migraine as a result of going to see a movie. So like, I have to really want to see the movie to make that choice. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going, like, I'm, I'm going to see it. And Evan and I left and we're just like, did we see the same movie that everyone else saw? Was that a feminist movie? I'm having a hard time. Um, And then I hadn't watched it since then until earlier this week when I watched it for this conversation and my reaction is exactly the same. Whereas my experience of watching Birds of Prey, which I watched for the first time last week, and I, I hadn't even, I don't think I even heard about this movie. And granted, it came out like right before COVID sort of descended upon the US. But, you know, in general, I didn't see anyone talking about it. And I watched it because this movie podcast that I listened to you are good did an episode about it and they were just like I missed this when it came out what a fucking delightful movie this is and I was like I want to watch a delightful movie that sounds great and so I did and was like what how how and then like reading about it being like is there going to be a sequel it was like no this movie did terribly and again I think COVID has something to do with that but like this movie grossed a little over $200 million in the box office. Wonder Woman grossed $800 million in the box office. One of these movies is good, and the other is not. And I think that's very upsetting.
0: Yeah, I actually, um, because of my previous love of Harley Quinn, me and my brother had talked about going to see in the theaters because it was like, oh, this movie's going to come out. It's going to sound great. And then COVID hit, and then I'm like, I'm not fucking going to a movie theater even, even for this. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and then I actually don't know why I haven't watched it up until this week. Actually, today, I literally watched it twice today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm just like, what? what? And then I was like, why didn't I watch this two years ago in the midst of just being at home during COVID?
1: Right. Yeah, I've watched it three times now since I first watched it last week.
0: I, I, will, I will say that I was reading that it is doing major numbers on HBO so there is maybe a possibility of like hbo doing a thing i did see some chatter about there potentially being a black canary show on hbo yeah i saw that that sounds like it's in
1: pre-production
0: would be fucking cool yeah that is also exciting to hear yeah sorry you can oh
1: no so i was i mean i feel like we're already having the conversation but like to like officially sort of launch us into this conversation I, i i just have like a list for each movie of like some stuff and i would like to read them to you Um, I'm gonna start with Wonder Woman. Here are things that I've observed about Wonder Woman. There are no canon queer characters. There's basically only one woman in the entire movie, because the movie starts when she leaves the Isle of Lesbos. It passes the Bechdel test two times, and only one of those times is after she leaves. It is full of what I call, quote-unquote, not all men. Like men that disprove the theory of like what men are yeah uh not just chris pine but also like his whole sort of team of dudes
0: i i think i called it uh the ragtag multicultural bunch uh-huh
2: that's
1: <laughs> perfect
0: that uh every origin superhero movie needs apparently obviously
1: so. <laughs> um it's pro-military it takes itself extremely seriously so seriously it's too long it's boring and it has a love story which I think is like a net like that is a instant detraction of 50 points for me is if a movie is not about romance in some way for it to have like an unnecessary love subplot especially if it's like a movie that feels like that's trying to make it palatable because otherwise it's like too feminist I'm like no fuck it mm. um, here's my list of things about Birds of Prey <laughs> Two of the five main characters are canonically queer, and I think it's have like I don't know how you would look at Black Canary or the Huntress and be like, That's a straight woman. Um, so I think probably they all are, but like named canon queer, both Harley and the cop Renee. Renee, thank you.
0: I mean, uh, Black Canary is definitely flirting with the Huntress to be like, Oh, you're awkward. I like that about a girl, and it's like, (laughs) It's very much like, can I get your number? And I'm like, oh yeah. Yes. I'm here for this.
1: <laughs> but again, that's just implied. So I'm just talking yeah. like canonically yeah. established. Uh, mm. three out of the five leads are people of color. Basically, the whole movie passes the bechdel test. I was like, they're talking a lot about men that are trying to kill them. So like I was trying, I was like had a tally going and I stopped when I got to eight. Cause I was like, that's enough. Um There's no not-all-men character. In fact, there's not a single good man in the entire movie. Though when Evan and I were talking about this, he was like, oh, but what about Sal? (laughs) You know, the sandwich guy who doesn't have any lines. (laughs) He seems like he might be all right.
0: (laughs) I think actually the correct answer is uh, Bruce the hyena is the only good (laughs) male character in this movie.
1: Fair. Um... They kill lots of cishet dudes. I already said that I really love that. The cops are bad. Uh, The music is fantastic. The fight scenes are so fun. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Uh, My next thing is that hair tie moment, which anyone who's watched it knows what I'm talking about, when they're in the final fight scene and Harley offers Black Canary a hair tie because her hair is getting in her way during a fight, which I think is, like, the most feminist thing I have ever witnessed in a movie (laughs) to date. (laughs) Um, and then my last two things are glitter and hyena.
0: Yeah, uh, I I love all your points. I have I took notes per movie as it was happening happening, but okay. Um, shit, how should we do this? Do you want to talk about Wonder Woman or I mean, because I have I have some I have some things I have some notes that line up to your notes that I think I would like to talk about.
1: Yeah, I feel like this conversation can go. However. My goal is to not spend as much time on Wonder Woman as we do on Birds of Prey.
0: Okay, that that actually is good. Um all right. I I want to talk about number 1 is yes, I I had to pause and rewind in the like animated like Harley Quinn's backstory when it's like the slot machine of like yeah. her exes and one of them is a lady who for the record looks like the like an animated Poison Ivy because in some of the comics Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are girlfriends, and the uh, subtext in the animated series is real. It's real gay. It's just like I'm like the only thing this movie needed was Poison Ivy to roll up and it'd be like, I want to talk to you about that giant environmental that <laughs> <as in> you <laughs> created that gave this movie, and also make out. And I'm like, this is the only thing I needed from this movie because I love girlfriends in crime <laughs> partners they in crime are, and in so love they're
1: canonically <laughs> together in the current animated series that's coming out right now
0: oh yeah is, the, what, is that is that on hbo i need to watch i actually
1: that. don't know i was just reading about it
0: yeah i heard good things about that i should probably i should figure out where that is anyway um i love them together as a couple and so i'm really glad that we had like at least the canon establishment of bisexual harley quinn because Yes, and it's Thank like you.
1: literally, it is. I wrote it down. Where is my piece of paper? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's in the it's in the first minute of the movie that she is established as queer. Again, like I don't know if I've ever seen something establish that about a character so immediately, and they do the same thing with Montoya also.
0: Her ex, peak fucking alley walk, <laughs> is it? <incredible. laughs> But also it being like the DA where it's just like <laughs> where it's, they're clearly estranged and you're yes.
1: just like, oh my <laughs> It's like in an ideal world what we would have gotten for at least a couple seasons of Law & Order SVU where Benson totally should have dated at least two of the DAs that they had.
0: Hell yeah. And it's just like if this is all I want. Is there to be just a like matter of fact acknowledgement of being queer and then going right into like messy bullshit, like you sending your ex like illegal evidence? <laughs> 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 Which is just like, it's so good. Like, they're just dynamic. It's just like, I'm so fed up with you.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um,. The soundtrack fucking slaps. Oh, it's so soundtrack good. Is, the soundtrack is so good. I also like... Did okay. you... Sorry.
1: You, did you realize like at least half of the songs were written for the movie specifically? No. Yeah. So it has like its own soundtrack that is like all songs that were written for the movie.
0: Holy shit. I did not... I'm just like... I don't know what this this like banger is, but I probably just missed out on it because I'm old and uncool. <laughs>
1: It's like if you don't if you don't recognize the song, so like obviously Barracuda is not on there, like Black Betty isn't on there. The first one that they mm. play is not on there, but like all the other ones, it seems like all the poppy ones were specifically written for the movie. And one of them's like Doja Cat, like they're by big name people.
0: Yeah, I, I think I I recognize the voices. That's why I'm like assume they were real songs. I just didn't know because I'm whack. I'm sorry. <laughs> they are real songs. Songs. <laughs> um, songs that are like on the radio that aren't just written for this movie.
1: Um, you wanted to talk about the color palette
0: of this movie. Yes, I did. Um, which I loved. loved, 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 and I, it's just so refreshing because ever since that first Nolan Batman movie, where everyone decided that we needed to like dark and serious uh, superhero movies um all superhero movies look basically the same mm-hmm. i will say that maybe the assumption of like black panther you know has a much more colorful color palette as per black people have style <laughs> and thus the beautiful color palette mm-hmm. and thor Ragnarok, which was not directed by a white dude which also helps um most superhero movies are just like very like blue and gray and dark and everything's like super dark and it's just they all look
1: like the later harry potter movies
0: they all look like the later harry potter movies right or
1: angel the series which also is a <laughs> show that i like watch and i'm like is my is my screen brightness turned down no it's just this show is too like i can't see because it's too dark
0: things just keep getting darker i was literally in, infamously there's an episode of one of the last episode of game of thrones is like this at night and there are scenes where like you literally can't see what's happening because it's just as opposed to putting on a bl- a, a really a blue filter so you can see what's happening. It's just dark. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I literally cannot see what's happening. You spent millions of dollars for me to sit in my house and not see what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Which is not how comic books look. Comic books are colorful. There's a huge color palette because that is the whole medium is like you're looking at a drawing. So, of course, the color is going to be very dynamic. And besides this movie, the only other superhero movie that does this is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is animated, hmm. and like that is an excellent comic book movie. And I think this gets as close as I've seen yet, where it's like the colors look like, hey, this is a this is a movie inspired by animation and comics versus this could be any like serious movie except people are wearing ridiculous outfits,
1: right? Yeah, the colors in this movie are incredible. The scene when Harley is breaking Cass out of jail and she's like firing like smoke bombs and like whatever. There's a a moment where she's fired two different smoke bombs and literally like walks through a cloud of bisexual flag colored (laughs) smoke and then (laughs) fires a glitter bomb at someone. And I was like, I'm in heaven. Like this is all I ever want in a movie.
0: I mean, we really need more movies of cops being shot with glitter bombs because nothing makes me more happy than her like just kicking the shit out of a bunch of cops. It's so <laughs> it's good. It's
2: so
1: satisfying. It's so good. And like, I think, so a lot of my like sensibilities and things that I'm willing to tolerate in media have changed since the pandemic. And just like since the last two years in general, because it's not like the pandemic is the only thing that is going on.
2: Mm.
1: and like you know I I can't like get on the internet in any way without at any moment in my day without something being like did you know that the entire world hates trans people and like I did know and I would love it if you would stop telling me because I have nightmares about this at least once a week like that would be great and so the amount of like darkness or seriousness that I'm willing to tolerate in a piece of media is like zero at this point. I'm like, it cannot take itself seriously. I I've always thought that like fight scenes were really boring in books and in movies. I hate them. I'm like, oh my God, is this ever going to stop? But and I didn't learn it from this movie. I actually learned it from Thor Ragnarok that I watched like a few days before I watched this one
0: that's another movie that i'm obsessed with but it's
1: so good but so like the fight scenes in that and in this are scored with a super loud pop song that is louder than the fighting sounds and it's like oh this is fun i feel like i'm watching like a music video i would watch thor battling this demon to the soundtrack of this led zeppelin song forever like this is delightful and watching the fight scenes in this especially the last one that's to barracuda which is like were these lyrics
0: written for this
1: (laughs) scene specifically maybe
0: in a in a in a bright ass like 70s acid trip (laughs) funhouse. so it's so good i'm like oh if this was possible
1: why haven't we always been doing this and it's because everyone wants to like take shit seriously and i'm like stop it now i sound like the joker but like whatever um we should all just chill the fuck out and like make things fun if they can be fun and fight scenes can be fun turns yeah. out
0: yeah just stop having the same like 12 like hat boring white dudes make movies like this is really this this is really a problem like yeah you see when you have not white hit cis dudes make movies you get things like you get things like this black panther thor Ragnarok, and like they look so much different and like flow so much differently than an, an action movie and like what i was thinking specifically for this movie like besides the incredible color palette is that like you don't need a complicated story to make a movie you just need it to have emotional stakes i don't think wonder woman has any kind of emotional stakes. Like I and at no point do I feel like, oh my God, like you have to do this thing or else like you're fucking bone. It's like you're basically invincible. Like I know how World War One ends. It's like there's no stakes. There's like not even any real fighting until an hour I timed it until an hour and fifteen minutes into the movie. And I'm like, I am gonna fall asleep. Like this I mean this movie has a pretty it's not a very complicated plot, but it's told so well and like you feel the emotional stakes of like, you know, Harley Quinn having her life in danger and like, um, my God, Cassandra, Mm -hmm. Cassandra Kane and Cassandra having her life being in danger. And then like, you know, Renee's like sort of career falling apart and Black Canary being like, fuck, I don't actually want to be involved in any of this hero bullshit like my mom, but I guess here I am, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And it's just like, you feel all of those stakes so intensely that like once you, and then when you finally get to like their team up you're like fuck yes team up and kick all these dudes asses. <laughs> thank god
1: <laughs> i think also it's worth pointing out that like huntress gets the least sort of screen time and the least like establishing backstory but we still love her because of that like 30 second scene where you're watching her practice saying <laughs> they call me the huntress in the mirror where she's like Okay, I got to get it. And you're like, oh, I love you. Like, cool. That's it. That's all I needed because now I'm like so emotionally attached to you.
0: It's like, oh, I understand now how awkward you are. And I just Mm -hmm. want to like, like give you a hug because even though you're a badass with a crossbow, you clearly have only ever talked to like older dudes who are assassins (laughs) and never any other human
1: beings. The scene in the taco shop at the end where uh, Renee and Black Canary like fist bump and uh, Huntress is like <laughs> I I feel that way too so I will do that also <laughs> I was like oh my god are you me like I love you so much A-
0: apparently almost all of that scene in the taco stand was improv
1: Oh my god that makes it so much better
0: Yeah I was I was reading about it yeah especially and so cause I'm like 'Cause that scene like is so good and like also just so very like and everyone's being like, You're so cool. And like right, the hunter's being like, I like how you kick real high. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and like... Black Canary is like <laughs> cracking up in a way that seems so authentic, and now it makes so much sense that like yeah. that is legitimately authentic.
0: Right. And like when the huntress is laughing after Canary's like, She stole my car. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> which is I think the response that I would also have in this situation, like, you just gotta be like, I don't know what to tell you. Are you surprised? Uh, Yeah. It's clearly made for the gays. Like... Yes. This movie is not for heterosexual people. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just not. And it's like... Well...
1: I think that it, it's for the girls, gays and things. Like, I definitely yes. think that cis women would be into this movie. Mm. It's just not for straight men.
0: No, but I feel like Wonder Woman kind of is because, it's again, basically a war movie with Wonder Woman sort of awkwardly being like, don't show your legs. They th- they'll think you're a sex worker for like two thirds of the movie. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. A thing that I did realize about Wonder Woman this time that I missed the first time I watched it is that, like, at least half of this movie, at least in terms of Diana's relationship with generic blonde man, (laughs) who insists he's not average, and I'm like, I literally cannot tell you apart from the dude that plays Thor, so I'm pretty sure you're wrong about you not being average, Um, is that it's The Little Mermaid, like she literally rescues him from the sea <laughs> and then he wakes up with like her over him and she's like I've never seen a man before and then she's like is in love with him and he's in love with her and then they go to the real world and she's like what's a fork and starts brushing her hair with it you know basically yeah. And it was like oh my god this this is the little mermaid that's so silly.
0: But like so much less fun. <laughs> so much
1: less fun oh my god not a single talking seagull in sight.
0: Also, I feel like the kind of compulsory heterosexuality of that movie was sort of like just give me a little bit of bisexual Wonder Woman. Like, really? Really? <sighs>
1: It's so, you know, and like people who love this were like, remember that time when they're like in the boat and she's like, yeah, like the book was like, yeah, men are necessary for reproduction, but unnecessary for pleasure. And then it's like, oh, and now she's going to like learn the pleasures of a man when she sleeps with generic blonde man. You're like, does anyone care? Does anyone care? If you care, please do not tell me. I would love to die thinking that no one cares because (laughs) no one should care. And yeah. she, like, saves the day because he dies, which also I think is a terrible motivation. She's like, oh, now I'm mad because this dude that I've known for, like, two days was, like, I love you and then blew himself up. And now she has to, like, wreak havoc. And it's like, for fuck's sake, can't you just wreak havoc because this dude sucks?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the literal god of war that you've been warned about, like, that should be a reason to wreak havoc. And I feel like I'm—you know, this is going to sound really ridiculous— I'm actually kind of mad they just didn't have sex. I'm like, you...
1: They did. Did they? Yes.
0: When? At that... When they go to bed together. <laughs> oh. Well, I was not paying attention. I was very stoned when I was rewatching this movie. Uh,
1: they, like, go to bed together, I don't know, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie. Do you see, like, her go in her hotel room and then she sort of, like... Isn't it improper for you to, like, come in and he's like, that's up to you or something like that. And then, like, the door shuts and you sort of, like, zoom out and you get, like, the like the upper window where the light is still on.
0: That is very vague.
1: <laughs> it's also boring. And it's fine that you missed it because you shouldn't be looking for it because it doesn't belong in that kind of movie. We don't need it.
0: I mean, I think there's a lot of things you don't need in this movie. It's, like, two and a half hours unnecessarily.
1: That's true.
0: If this movie was like 45 minutes shorter, just to make it a tighter movie, it wouldn't, it still wouldn't have been good, but it wouldn't have felt like such a slog. And then you wouldn't have all these like random scenes. And I'm like, I don't actually care about you guys like fighting over ridiculous bullshit. Um, because I just, I like don't care. Yep. And like the fight scenes were really boring.
1: <laughs> it's so, it's just, it's just so boring. I, And like all of, I like went and re-read or just read for the first time a few like reviews of Wonder Woman, like enthusiastic, like pro-feminist reviews of Wonder Woman where they were like, it like flips, like it flips everything on its head, like all the tropes and like Chris Pine is like her sidekick and like he does everything she says and like the gaze is on him instead of on her. And I was like, I don't think we saw the same movie, but also like, I don't actually don't I don't think that that is something we need to be aiming for. Like, we don't need to be like, okay, flip the trope of like the lady sidekick, whatever, whatever. Um, Instead, just like, don't have men in the movies is fine. (laughs) Like, we can actually just skip that because we've had it for so long. It's just not necessary. And I was thinking about it and I was like, is there an exception? The only exception I could think of is the other Chris.
2: There's the like Thor, four of the,
1: them. The Thor Chris in Ghostbusters. He's the Ghostbusters one, right? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Pine Pratt Hemsworth. I If you gave me 20 pictures of those men and were like, tell me that they're different men, I could not. But anyway, I think his character being in Ghostbusters is fine, both because there is no love story involved and because he is playing like the literal embodiment of the like goofy secretary that they have in the original Ghostbusters in the exact same way. So it's like, that's fine. Like, I think that's fine. No one's interested in him. He's just there, literally there as like the opposite of the male gaze. It's just like, here's this like hot dude. His shirt is off for no reason. No one's trying to fuck him. No one's trying to make us interested in someone trying to fuck him. He's a total doofus. Fine. Great. He doesn't know how to answer a phone. Hilarious. Okay. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. He does play himbo very well. He does. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because Thor is also kind of a himbo.
1: Totally. Another movie with no love story and I was so grateful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just... I love how Chris Hemsworth is just often in movies shirtless for no reason, and I'm like, thank you, mm-hmm. <laughs> including literally every Marvel movie he's in, he's just shirtless for no reason, and I'm like, yes. Anyway,
1: I mean th- that is the reason I think that is like, the you reason. just voice the reason.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. Where it's like we could be telling different st- kinds of stories when we have someone like Wonder Woman, as opposed to like the kind of like oh, it you know. She's in charge, and she has a male side that's also her love interest, which has, like, been done in mm-hmm. every so many action movies. And I would even argue that, like, it's still Chris Pine's plan to, like, go into the, go to the war front. It's, like, his buddies, he gets together. And it's just, like, Deanna being, like, you gotta find Aries And everyone being, like, sure, okay, whatever. <laughs> Thank you, because it
1: doesn't really seem like anyone believes her believes her or respects her they're just like you fight real good and we'll sort of manipulate you into doing the things that we need done because like you think we're going to find aries but like we know that the real thing that needs happening is this other thing and if we take you you'll make it happen
0: yeah and i mean and i feel like the the movie doesn't believe her which is like i feel like like it just makes her sound it makes her just sound kind of ridiculous and naive to be like oh it's the god of war and it was like pfft okay you know the movie doesn't even like give us any hint that she's right until the reveal that is remus lupin (laughs) yeah and that and it's so weird you're just like i'm sorry what yeah that man
1: cannot cannot sell being a demon or whatever um the other thing about that movie that like not even from the perspective that we've been talking about is just I really don't like it when movies like that set themselves inside of a historical context, because then it's like, oh, generic blonde dude is like, maybe there is no God of War. Like, maybe people are just bad. And it's like, yeah, that is why that war happened. Like, that is... Why wars happen, but then when you have it so that it's like, oh no, there really was Ares, the god of war, and he made World War One happen, and then she kills him, and everyone's like, oh, what happened? Like the war is over now, and it's like, did you just cheapen this like terrible historical moment and be like, oh, like we don't actually need to learn anything about human behavior and how we can avoid these kinds of behaviors because? secretly it was just an evil god all along i'm like just come up with your own storyline like you don't you don't need to place it in history because all you do is like fuck up how people should be thinking about history
0: yeah and especially when you're in the dc universe and you have the already established fictional cities of gotham which is basically new york in the 70s cross with detroit in the 70s Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially and metropolis which functions a little bit better but i mean not really because of all of the ridiculous villains that superman has right and top of lex Luthor, yet another evil bil- billionaire i will say
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and like i don't know i'm sure there's other stuff from like wonder woman comic canon you could have pulled from versus like this like romp through world war one I. I think in general i think the whole movie is someone was like i want this to feel like the first captain america movie but it's done so much worse (laughs) (laughs) and like in a way where i'm just like it's like what what are you trying to establish about wonder woman like what are you trying to do and then we get to the end of the movie and it's like why did you even stay just go back go back to your island why are you working at the fucking Louvre? i just don't understand
1: (laughs) no it's so weird yeah Let's talk about Birds of Prey some more.
0: All right. Um, Wonder Woman takes itself too seriously, and this movie does not in a way that's like, I mean, it's like genuinely laughing out loud. At so many moments, but especially when Harley's like, "Oh God, you're gonna start monologuing!" Then, like he keeps like stop, like starting to, and it's just like, "Ah!" <laughs> are like all the comments about Renee talking like a bad '80s cop movie.
1: <laughs> yes, it's so good.
0: Where it's like, we've we've seen these movies. What are you doing? I know that our lives are in a comic book, but like what? And it's just like. The acknowledgement of that is always so good. (laughs) The
1: um the moment where they're in the fight scene, like in the like uh police evidence lockup or whatever, and the dudes are like trying to gun her down and she's hiding behind the like pallets of cocaine and then just like snorts cocaine out of the air and then gets like (laughs) superpowers and goes and kills them. Like what What the fuck it's so good (laughs) i just love it so much
0: yeah yeah there's just like so many good scenes where it's just like you know i mean because there's there's scenes where it's like intentionally cool shit is happening like harley using fucking roller derby techniques to like take out two cars holy shit what the fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) so incredible uh but then just like when i like make fun of scenes like when he like when she shoots the statue and then black man said that's really embarrassing she's like yeah actually it was (laughs) you just like i think those things make the movie feel more realistic and like even in a movie where it's like black canary has like sonic like singing powers you know yeah
1: that end the way that they kill black mask where Cass like does the reveal that she's planted a grenade on him by being like i'm so sorry that i stole your ring and like holds up her hand and like harley just gets it immediately and like throws him into the water and he fucking explodes it is
0: so good it is like both good and also very deeply funny because you're like You're like, yes, good. That is exactly what you deserve, you (laughs) terrible garbage monster.
1: Yep. Just so I don't forget, on a serious note of things that I love about this movie is when they're like, when the sort of birds of prey are forming in the funhouse, and I can't remember exactly what's happening, but Cass has wandered away, and she's looking out the window, and she's like, you guys, you're going to want to come see this. In... I think any other movie I had ever seen, if there was a group of adults talking, especially if they were men, and a child was like, Hey, you should come see this, she would have been told to be quiet and would have had to like repeat multiple times that there was something that they needed to see. In this movie, she's like, You're gonna want to see them and see this. And all four of them immediately stop talking and come to the window. And like, like the hair tie moment, I'm like, this is so deeply feminist the fact that they just like they respect her they're like yeah you're 12 11 she's a kid and like i believe you that we need to come look at whatever you're saying we need to come look at and we are gonna listen and do it right now if you interrupted us you had a good reason and i just that shouldn't feel like a big deal but it feels like a huge deal
0: i feel like and along those lines, I also really appreciate everyone checking in on her during the, like, fight scene through the funhouse to, like, make sure she's okay and to be, like, because, yeah. like, as much fun as, like, I'm having as a viewer, it is also, like, there's general, like, stakes at w- where it's, like, she is in literal, d- like, like, Cassandra's in literal danger. Very so like, much danger. danger. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's very
2: yeah
0: good. Like, like the, the, the respect of her as a person. Is very good, which like I feel like because sometimes you'll watch a thing and you're like, oh, this child is basically a prop. Like it's you could have replaced this with a lamp and like it would have been the same. Yeah. And then like Harley just adopting her at the end. Uh, (laughs) I know. I don't know. I just there's like there's nothing. This is a trope that I'm obsessed with. I love nothing more than like you have like your, you know, villainous like dangerous character who's like i am soft for this one child Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god
1: and my hyena
0: and my hyena
1: and just so everyone knows if you haven't watched this yet and you're listening the hyena is fine it's definitely like a very stressful moment where you're like fuck her pet hyena just got blown up um i definitely immediately paused the movie and went to does the dog It <laughs> was like, I need the answer to this before I can continue.
0: You know, I did not because I assumed that it was going to be fuel for her to like go on her own rolling rampage of revenge. I mean, There's literally four John Wick movies where he goes on a rolling rampage of revenge because they killed his because like some gangsters killed his dog. And I'm like, that is the most legit reason to have an action (laughs) series that I've ever heard of in my entire life.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's true. But also like, it can be the reason and also I'm like, would have been very upset if Bruce was actually
0: dead. Yeah, I'm glad that Bruce came back. I was like, pleasantly surprised by that. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact that i learned today okay. um apparently even trained hyenas are such assholes and hard to work with that bruce was played by a german shepherd they just cgi'd to look like a hyena
1: i assumed that that was not a real hyena those are dangerous fucking animals
0: <laughs> you know i wasn't i wasn't sure but i did i mean but i i found out that i mean they're really just not domesticated at all
1: you can't you can't share a Twizzler out of your <laughs> mouth with a with a real hyena. <laughs> I mean,
0: listen, you know, they have uh like bears and lions that show up on sets for things. Like what how Don't hyenas have
1: like the most bite like bite per pound or whatever of like any animal? Yeah. They're so dangerous. I have a friend who like studied hyenas in some game preserve in Kenya.
0: Um, that's so awesome. like
1: heard some some hyena stories. Yeah, Evan went and like hung out with her there for a while while she was while she was yeah. working there, so he has some sweet hyena stories.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, hyenas are very scary but also very awesome.
1: They are awesome and they have like really beautiful like pack dynamics and stuff like that, but like I would never eat a Twizzler out of my mouth with a hyena. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, it's it's just funny cuz like canonically Harley has two um hyenas, but they couldn't afford to do the CGI for more than one dog <laughs> so she just has one
1: hyena um it would have been so funny if it was two though because one of the funniest things about this movie is the fact that she has named her hyena after bruce wayne <laughs> Yes,
2: it's so good.
1: and if she had two she could have named them bruce and wayne and that would have been even funnier
0: yeah which definitely would have happened
1: yes but that is like that is so funny and she's just like i named him after that hunky bruce wayne guy <laughs> Um, and uh for anyone who doesn't know one of my three dogs is a brindle dog and we are actively working on making brucey one of his nicknames because he (laughs) looks like a little hyena (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) so if you too want to have a tiny hyena you should definitely go adopt a brindle pit bull mix at your nearest animal shelter
1: yep and you I don't know, but he looks like a pit shepherd mix, I think. I think that's why he gets his sort of like more hyena-y vibes because he's got like higher shoulders than most pit bulls.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, living in a city, I think a majority of the pit mixes that I've ever seen have been pit, <laughs> pit German shepherd mixes. Mm-hmm. And they come, like, they're really variety of the ways they can look. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really quite something. Oh, maybe one day. Anyway, uh, yeah, always glad to see bruce surviving and thriving at the end yes so we've talked a little bit about sort of in general how the movie really looks can we talk about the outfits
1: yes uh obviously (laughs) i share so much aesthetic delight with harley quinn i'm like I also would stop while being chased by the cops and, like, several men that were trying to murder me to, like, grab that sequin fanny pack. I have one very similar to it. So,
0: so good. It's so good. Her. I mean, okay. Everyone's everyone looks really good, except for Renee, who's like a cop who like doesn't spend money on clothing. She just looks kind who of does like spend like
1: half of the movie on a shirt that says I shaved my balls
0: for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the audacity for that dude to be like there is a dress code. Oh my like, God. You should have you should have quit. You should have thrown your hot coffee in his face and quit right there. <laughs> yeah.
2: <Yo.
1: laughs> Sorry, but you were saying the outfit.
0: I mean, Harley Quinn has some truly iconic outfits in this movie. And I think what I remember from when this movie first came out was someone, maybe a director, maybe just someone talking, was sort of the difference between her look in this movie versus her look in The Suicide Squad, which is very much like what I think a cis dude imagine as a sexy teenager dress is like.
2: Hmm.
0: Versus I think in this movie where it's like, you know, she's still wearing like, crop tops and like shortcut and like really short shorts but it it's not as male gazey it's just like i i know people who would wear these outfits
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> not just you lark <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know other people who would wear these outfits
1: yeah no she dresses she dresses real queer in this movie
0: yeah it's very it's very like messy fashion queer
1: <laughs> yeah as as does black canary i feel like is this Incredibly, she's like high femme, but also like so. It's like butch femme. I don't know how to describe it. Like,
0: yeah, it's like it's like she's like these beautiful, these beautiful like blazers and these like not a bustier. It's basically like, a bustier,
1: yeah, like a
0: bustier and her just like incredibly tight pants that like she's just rocking. Yeah, her whole vibe is just like please step on. It's like well, I would like her to step on me. It's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. But like her vibe is very much like high femme at work which you know
1: and she has i mean it's not a half shave it's like braided but like basically a half shave like she every single thing about her is so gay and it's like the way that she like holds herself and the way that she moves while wearing this very high femme outfit i think is one of the things that makes her read so gay because she it's just it's just very it's very like like gay lady lawyer i don't know she's she's so queer and so hot
0: it's like it's like she is dressed because she only wants other queer people to perceive her (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah anyone else who does perceive her is just like been given the privilege but like does not get to act upon it
0: yeah yeah her hair looks great in this movie partially because i found out that the actress was like which the director's like, okay, now you're getting me a black hairstylist for this fucking movie. I'm not but sl- be in this movie looking fucking ridiculous. And they're like, great. And that's why her hair looks so good. Because yep. sometimes movies do not have black hairstylists for their black actors, and you can tell. <sighs> it's a real rough. But no, she looks she looks flawless. Uh, especially her like little like canary yellow uh fucking convertible.
1: Yeah. She's Everyone in this movie is so hot. By everyone, I mean our four main adult leads. It's just, like, really great. I just really appreciate
2: it.
0: Yeah, and it's like, and right, and the way that everyone dressed, it's like, it just feels like it's, right, would you say the, the girls, the gays, and the theys? It's mm-hmm. like, this is not, this is, this is not for, like, cis hat dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say, though, some of uh, Black Mask's blazers, I was like, damn, that looks fucking good. Like the blue-black one he's wearing in the first scene in the in his douchey club, you're just like, fuck, that's a cute-ass
1: blazer. Yeah, no, I mean, Ewan McGregor obviously is very pretty, and he dresses real good in this movie. It's just, like, pretty profoundly overshadowed by... His just, like, whiny... It's, like, not even the fact that he's, like, a terrible murderer. It's just, like, how whiny he is that makes it, like, ew.
0: Yeah, it's, like, every time he tells a woman to shut up, it's, like, no, you shut up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to hear your whiny-ass opinions. Yeah.
1: I swear to God, like, him saying, these are my things is, like, the only thing I'm ever going to be able to hear (laughs) when I think about, like, Jeff Bezos, Elon (laughs) Musk mark zuckerberg for the rest of my life like whenever they say anything i will just hear ewan mcgregor in my head
0: um as you should because there are rumors that e- as of like today and yesterday of elon musk trying to buy twitter for like 43 billion so dollars which everyone on twitter is like i'm sorry what yeah <laughs> um
1: it would be so fun if he bought twitter and then everyone left twitter and tanked it and he oh lost all that money
0: yeah or just made it like completely, I mean, yeah, probably everyone would just leave.
1: Uh, and then JK Rowling would lose her access to being horrible. There would be so many benefits of this, actually.
0: It's like, that's, that's like literally ending homelessness money that this dude wants to spend on fucking Twitter. <laughs> yes. Man, if only we had anti-heroes in real life, it could be like, I stole your ring, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk.
1: Yeah, give me a wisecracking pickpocket 11 year old who can save the day from billionaires. I will be a happy camper.
0: It's really all we need. I also feel like this is a very millennial feeling movie. Also. <laughs> it's like, fuck these billionaires, fuck these rich white dudes, fuck paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what we do after we kick a bunch of like terrible dudes' asses, we go get tacos and margarita's at like 7 a.m. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I feel like we should talk about Zaz and his like relationship with
0: Black Mask,
1: if you want to. We don't No,
0: have we to. should. It is very I can't even say homosocial, it just is very homosexual.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. He gets so mad anytime. What is his, like, not-villain name? His character. Romy.
0: Everyone just calls him Zaz.
1: No, the Black Mask character. It's Roman something. Roman yeah, some- Roman something. Uh, we're gonna call him Romy, though, because that's what Harley calls him, and it makes him mad. So <laughs> anytime Romy is, like, talking to a woman, anytime he is, like, not giving his full attention to Zaz, Zaz is, like, so upset. And he spends a lot of his energy, like, encouraging Romy to, like, engage in bonding activities with him. He's like, let's go, like, let's go kill this woman together in this way that's very, like, it'll be just like you and me, you know? Um, And it's very creepy. And something that Evan and I talked about when we were watching this movie is that if this movie were not canonically queer having this very queer coded villain would be a problem but Mm -hmm. it's not a problem because so many of the characters in this movie are queer and i just am like this is such a perfect example of why representation matters is because you can have queer coded villains if you have gay people in the movie because then you're not just portraying gay people as villains it's okay for Zaz to be in love with his boss and be like a creepy, disgusting womanizer who has definitely sexually assaulted lots of people.
0: But like who also hates women,
1: clearly. And that's why he has sexually assaulted them. Yes.
0: yeah,
1: Because Harley is gay. Because Montoya is gay. It's not, it doesn't come across as the movie being like, yeah, gay people, they're like creepy yeah. murderers, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like you have all kinds of gays. You have chaotic, chaotic bisexuals, you have put-together high fems, you have awkward uh, outdoors butches who <laughs> like uh, crossbows, you have disaster older lesbians. It's great. You really, it's just, you really have gauntlet. Yeah.
1: gauntlet. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I really... I think I didn't even actually pick up on how gay Romy and Zaz's interaction was until, like, my second time watching, and I was, like, less focused on the plot and just more on, like, kind of, like, the background stuff.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I get... I mean, Romy feels gay in a sort of, like, very sort of stereotypical way. I don't get any indication that he's interested in Zaz, which I'm sure is, like, very hard for Zaz.
0: Yeah, it's like Remy maybe considers him a friend if this person, if he even, maybe not a friend, maybe like a more like a teddy bear, like his preferred plaything mm-hmm. in a way that's like not sexual. And also, I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't think he thinks of other people as people.
1: No, they're his things. He's like, why don't yeah. I own the crossbow guy?
0: Yeah. And like Zaz is just like, right. It's like the t- It's like the teddy bear that he has that he carries around with him. That's, like, always down and supports him whenever he's doing disgusting, ridiculous things.
1: Yeah. Oh, when he dies, when Victor Zaz dies, A, it's just so great because they all kill him. Like, everyone contributes. (laughs) They just do it together. Um, But Harley has been recently paralyzed by, like, a poison dart, which I learned she's immune to because, like, at some point in earlier canon, like, part of her having superpowers, it's not from, like, the the dip in the chemicals it's because uh poison ivy like gave her some superpowers which included amuse- immunity to toxins uh which is why that wears off of her so fast but so she's like pulled this this tranquilizer dart thingy from her neck and is like can only move her one arm and is like just stabbing him that is
0: that is the funniest scene and then it's when her so... comes in is like freeze and she like stabs him just oh like God. one more time <laughs> so good
1: yeah, I have, like, cracked up every time I've watched this movie when that when she does that, because it's so
0: good. It is so funny. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. And, like, what also just makes this a very queer movie is that it's just so fucking campy. Like, I lost my mind when they have the, like, Madonna, Diamonds Are Our Girls Best Friend" scene for, like, no reason at all, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is this is this can't be the campiest shit I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's really good. And so unsettling. Like the way that they mess with the like tones in the music. Yeah. Um, I took that to be her like dissociating while she was being hit, you know? Same. Which is great. I love that that's where she went. <laughs> and I don't know why, but for some reason, like she's like lifted up and it's revealed that this like beautiful silk thing that she's wearing is a pantsuit. I was, like, very thrilled
2: by that.
0: Yeah. I also just laugh every time that she bites one of the hands that's doing, like, a jazz hands. I know. It's just like, what What am I watching? Um, Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's really ridiculous. I feel like this shouldn't be as refreshing as it is. Like, we should have, like, 20 movies like this. We should. And that's just, uh, I don't know. It just makes me upset that there's not 20 million movies like this. And as I don't know if we talked about when we were recording, maybe, maybe not a sequel, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's uncertain. And if there is, it's like not going to be Harley focused. It, even the one that was being tossed around was going to be focused on the Birds of Prey. And that was like, probably there would be like a Harley like subplot, you know, with her and yeah. cast.
0: What would really be great would be a Harley Quinn Poison Ivy movie where she meets Poison Ivy and they become lovers. Yep. Obviously. You know, I don't I don't, I don't think Poison Ivy's been introduced in any of the new movies. Which is too bad because who doesn't love a, uh, a radical environmentalist slash plant mom? It's very, yeah. very on trend for the 2020s.
1: Sexy, super-powered terrorist yes, please.
0: Right. Exactly. Who just wants to hang out with her chaotic bisexual girlfriend, uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, yep. my God, they could race cast together. Why isn't this a movie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Everyone needs to, like, create more demand to, like, fucking convince these ridiculous people that there is a market.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I guess there are a couple of things we can hope for, at least out of Birds of Prey, which is the director of this movie, who clearly did an excellent fucking job, getting more work and, you know, bringing more folks with her that aren't just the same white dudes who are making a bunch of fucking superhero movies and all other kind of movies. Would love for her to direct another birds of prey movie clearly Mm -hmm. we'll see if that happens fingers crossed fingers crossed but i think what i also hope is that this is going to inspire other people who are like making media to be like i want to make something like this movie Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of that meme that I, i don't know if you've seen it about how like movies like uh, Encanto and like seeing red, or just like millennials growing up and like being like, I want a movie where our parents apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but also, it's like when you, it's also like having millennials where it's just like, okay, we don't have to tell a bunch of stories about white people.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: My toxic trait is that my least favorite part of Encanto is where the grandma apologizes and gets accepted back into the family. <laughs> I think she should have been sent into the mountains.
0: Wow, I love that hot take actually.
1: I don't know if everyone knows we have this throw pillow in our shop it says throw your parents into the sun. That's my like It's it's philosophy. really truly
0: <laughs> applicable in so many situations for so much media. And, you know, love of found family, which is what we get in this movie also. Mhm. So beautiful. It's so good. And like right, what do we get the end of Wonder Woman? Her just like chilling by herself being sad about fucking one of the Chris's for
1: like hundreds of years or something. <laughs> like It's been so long.
0: Yeah. Also, okay. We didn't, and I did not want to talk about Wonder Woman a whole lot, but I do want to bring up that. I really dislike that Wonder Woman used the like disabled equals evil. trope.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. For
0: Dr. Poison. Um, Folks who have not seen this movie or not seen it in a long time. The, the villain, Doctor, one of the villains, Dr. Poison, has like a prosthetic faceplate um, because she has some like damage to like her jaw and like her cheek and stuff. And the movie sort of directly, you know, has her lose it at some point to be like, this is the kind of person you want to save this like despicable human. And it's just real gross. It's real gross. It's like, oh, really? This is what you want? to show in your supposedly feminist movie
1: right and this is like one of three women and i know it's unpopular for me to be like the whole first 20 minutes of this movie don't count as part of the movie but they don't i'm sorry
0: it's a a separate movie honestly it
1: is it's just it's it has nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie it's just like a little bit of backstory and it's mostly just like women with no clothes on sword fighting with each other they're barely even talking and when they are talking they're talking about aries so it's still not passing the bechdel test like whatever so once they leave there outside of the first 20 minutes of this movie that don't count as part of the movie there are three women it's wonder woman dude's secretary who's this sort of like goofy affable lady and this evil lady and that's it yeah it sucks,
0: and it's like, and I mean, similar to to Birds of Prey, this was directed. This was directed by a woman director.
1: It was. That's true.
0: I don't know if it was written by a woman. I, but
1: I would like to say Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, that came out last year or something, did very badly.
0: Uh Actually. yeah, I heard. I heard across the board it was just real terrible. Which I'm like, I can't say I'm surprised if like this was the one people were excited about when this is like. And I mean, I I love an I love an action movie. I like a superhero movie. I like I like a genre film. And like this movie, like Wonder Woman, just wasn't really doing it for me in any regard.
1: Yeah, um, it was. The screenplay is by a man. The story is by three men. Produced by f- three men and one woman. So.
0: Yeah, I feel like that doesn't surprise you that this was that the screenplay was written by a dude because it's like, like Wonder Woman could have been cool like she could have been just out there trying to find Aries using her fucking glow stick lasso on everyone, you know. <laughs> the
1: rope light, you mean? <laughs> it's like very
0: obviously a
2: rope light.
0: You know, I you know, I'm I was really here for the like, you know, glowing, you know, uh glowing bondage bits, and there just really was not enough of it. Like there could have been more. Like, yeah. you have a loss of truth. You could have been using it and could have cut through, like, an hour of plot.
1: Wouldn't that have been nice? Do you want to talk about the, like, mystical indigenous tracker dude in that movie, too?
0: <sighs> so, <laughs> much actually kind of like Captain America. And, like, I think a lot of action movies, there's a, like, ragtag team of, like, multicultural dudes banding together. To show that this movie isn't racist, which is incorrect. <laughs> yeah. uh, because uh, the most competent dude in their ragtag team is an indigenous guy named Chief. Who is, yeah, definitely doing some like magical, magical person of color bullshit, I think, un- for no reason in this film.
1: Yeah, and it seems like they tried to, like, make it palatable by having him, like, tell Diana that, like, generic Chris's uh, people wiped out his people. And it's like, see, we acknowledged it. Now it's fine that he's our, like, magical tracker who's going to send up smoke signals. Which... I don't think you succeeded in your attempt there.
0: And which you don't have to do. And, okay, just to bring back more up of Our Flag Means Death... Um takes place during the piracy years of the seventeen seventy somethings. So like the show doesn't like not acknowledge racism, but it's like it does it in a way where like everyone has agency, essentially, mm-hmm. and like people who are racist are the villains and they end up getting murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um which like you like you have like you have a fictional world. You know? No one has superpowers in the world of our flag means death, but it's still like it's a it's a funny pirate show. So they're like, we're just going to do whatever <laughs> whatever the fuck we feel like it. And it's going to work. And Wonder Woman is about, right, like Diana is like a fucking goddess with a like fucking rope light of truth. And who can like dodge bullets with her fucking magical gauntlets. Like you didn't have to have quote unquote realistic racism in there. You didn't have to have this like very stereotypical feeling indigenous character yeah yeah it's it, like you just didn't have to do that like you don't have to do that
1: exactly you can, you
0: can acknowledge in a world where fucking superpowers and magic that like we can just be like we don't have to do racism it's yeah. fine to not do a racism <laughs> in your fiction
1: all right we've been talking for a long time is there anything else that we should talk about
0: uh, i just have one one more thing okay. which is about wonder woman that I was thinking watching this movie is that the vibe between uh, Diana and Chris Pines was a little bit, it felt a little bit like Anya and Xander. And once I noticed that, I like really just couldn't buy it anymore. I'm like, oh. <laughs> she does have
1: a lot of Anya
0: energy. And he spends a lot of movie telling her to not open her coat and show off her legs. That's because true. The audacity of seeing a woman's legs. Yeah, like, why did you have this movie set in this time period? Such a good question.
1: Yeah, he spends yeah. a lot of the movie in general just being like, your behavior is wrong. So you're totally right. That is that is a very on vibe.
0: Yeah. So it's refreshing to see uh Harley Quinn act like a complete dirtbag and there's no one around to tell that she's acting correctly. <laughs> it's like and what's uh,
1: more, the only person who does like observe her life is Cass, who immediately is like, you have the coolest life. Like, your apartment is great. <laughs> your stealing from the store is great. Your hyena is great. And you're like, I love this for everyone involved.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. Her being like, you're shopping <laughs> at the fancy grocery store was I such know. a, like, I'm like, that is such a poor kid thing to say. To be like, how could, where where are we? <laughs> you could afford the, like, cereal that's like $5 a box. And it's just like, no, I'm just stealing it. And you're like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, wow, that is like a Gen Z millennial, like, solidarity. Cool. I don't know. Should we do like a f- final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think we should, Um, like, why anyone who's listened to this and is like, I still don't know if I should, like, get someone's HBO Max login just so I can watch Birds of Prey or, like, spend $3 to rent it. How do you want to convince them that they should? definitely do that all
0: right i here, here's here's why i think that you should definitely do whatever you can do to watch this movie is because everything is fucking terrible right now and this movie is a joy like it has basically a happy ending for all of our main characters and the like terrible elon musk toxic masculinity serial killer dude has like you like when his death comes you are cheering Mm -hmm. and i mean it's it's just fun like we're over having like dark serious media right now because just watch something that's fun and you'll you'll have a great time
1: yep i agree i think that's perfect it's gay it's colorful it's got good music it's like fast paced enough for your tiktok brain to be like yes i can keep up with this
0: you will you will not get bored watching this movie and everyone is super fucking hot
1: yep there's glitter there's a glitter gun
0: <laughs> do you want to see someone <laughs> glitter gun some fucking cops because I think that you do <laughs> <sighs> 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 great
1: cool well thank you all so much for listening to this episode of our podcast you know where to find us I don't, I don't feel like doing a whole outro
0: yeah watch, watch this uh, very gay movie
1: <laughs> exactly that was so fun
0: Yeah, that was great.